Thank you for tuning into this sermon from New Life Student Ministries. Our goal is to inspire, equip, and support our students and families with biblically rich and God-centered teaching. These messages are meant to be supplemental and not substitutional for our weekly gathering. We hope this sermon is a blessing to you and your spiritual walk. Grab your Bibles, Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Let's not put up the text yet. Can we put up the Jesus is precious? Jesus is precious. If you have not been with us over the past couple weeks, we are on a series through the book of Philippians. Everyone say Philippians. Okay. And we're going to hit one of the primary texts that Paul gives in this letter here. So if you are with me, now we can go to Philippians chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 7. If you have a pen or pencil with you, or a black pen, I have four right here if you need one, Okay, Follow with me. Paul says this. But whatever I gain, everyone said gain. I had, I counted as loss. Everyone say loss. For the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible. Say any means possible. If you have your actual Bible with you, I want you to underline that. Any means possible. I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers and sisters, this is the word of the Lord to which all God's people said. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for spring break, for the opportunity to get to sleep in, to take our time, um, and for the opportunity to gather here this evening. Lord, we need you yet again. So Father, I pray that you would come and you would speak to us. I pray that you would make your word alive and real to us. I pray that these three words, Jesus is precious, would settle in to our hearts. I pray that you would, in your own way, begin to unpack the weight of that statement this evening, that you are precious. Lord, none of us have, has the ability to transform our lives. None of us has the ability to give new life to our lives. None of us has the ability to make things grow, but you do. You do. So Father, I pray that you would come and you would give faith to myself, to my brothers and sisters this evening. Show us who you are. Show us how valuable you are. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, minds to understand, and hearts to believe. And if you can agree with that, can you say amen? 
Paul is writing in a Roman prison. His life on the line. If you open up in the first chapter of Philippians, he's beginning to talk to this church. This church is about 10 years old as he's writing this letter. It was a church that was established back in Acts chapter 16. And he's grateful because they've given him some offering, a gift. And, and so he begins to talk to them. And as, as you read chapter one, he's talking about how to live is Christ and to die is gain. He's at a point in his life where he doesn't know what's going to happen next. He might die. This might be it for him. And so he's talking in Philippians 1, and he goes, that would be awesome. If I die, I get to go be with Jesus. And he goes, if not, then all the more I am here for you to continue to labor and preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Either way, we see that Paul is in a desperate moment of his life. And he opens this text, this, this part in Philippians 3 with with. That, that hold on, to make sure I don't make the mistake. He says, but whatever I gain, I had, I counted as loss. Such weighty words. Whatever I gain, whatever I had, I count as loss. Why? Paul found something. He found something that was precious. He found something that was valuable. He found something that is, that is worth sinking his hands, his mind, his heart into. He found something that was more important than everything else. You ever had a moment in your life where you find something of extreme value that everything else kind of seems to fade in what matters? I was thinking of this as I was preparing the message. My mind got brought back to Aladdin. Has anybody seen Aladdin in here? Now, to, let me clarify, okay. I'm not talking about the live action. I'm talking about the OG Aladdin. OG Aladdin, okay. I, th this movie was released in 1992, 30 years ago now. 30 years ago. And we have this moment where, where Aladdin and Abu are going into the Cave of Wonders to find this lamp, right? And so they hop into the Cave of Wonders. And so they're kind of walking this path and Abu is just fascinated by all of the treasure. This monkey, this primate, right? Like, just like, I mean, wide mouth. And, and, and Aladdin's going, no, 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 don't touch anything. Don't, don't touch anything else. And they get to the place where he's grabbing the lamp and then like this like massive like ruby catches Abu's eye, right? And like, like Abu is, is kind of like, it's like he's, he's, he's found the, the one like that his life was meant for. And he slowly starts working towards it and he can't notice anything else. And he comes to the point like where he takes it and then just it all goes to H-E double hockey sticks, right? Like, like this is, this is kind of what it's like when we find something that we like, like, there, it's such precious value to us. Like you hear that word precious and the only like movie that could ever come to mind or trilogy that could come to mind is The Lord of the Rings, right? Like, like, like I, 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 I told everybody tonight, like, hey, the, the God statement is precious and Victor's like, oh, precious, precious. You know, he starts like quote, quoting Gollum and he like ruins the God statement for Prima. It was awesome. But like, there's like something about it. Like if you've watched that trilogy, if you haven't, please do. Your life is like not complete until you do, right? Like you, we see like Smeagol slash Gollum, like, like his life is all about this ring. It's all about this ring. Like up until like the very end of his life where he's looking like 
a, a creature on drugs, like on top of Frodo with Frodo invisible in, on Mount Doom doing everything he can to get this ring. And then he finally gets this ring that all else seems to not matter anymore. It's like, it doesn't matter that he's about to die, that he's falling to his death. Like he's just infatuated with the ring. Like this is what happens when we find something of precious value to ourselves. Things begin to kind of fade in comparison. And so the question that's like sitting before us here is, as Paul says, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss. The question that I have to ask is what did Paul find? What did he find that was worth losing everything? And the answer is very simple, for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth, the surpassing value of knowing Christ. What is it that Paul found in Christ that was more precious than everything else? Let me give you a couple hints. Paul gives this, the answer to us in several of his other writings. Now, we don't know who the author of Hebrews was. Many people think, including me, that it was Paul. As you read it, Paul uses very similar language in Hebrews as he does in his other letters. But Hebrews 12, starting in verse one, can we go there? Sorry, I'm skipping ahead a little bit here, you, here on you, Jackson. Hebrews uh, 1, one two, verse four. Paul says this, he says, son, Jesus, whom he appointed, what? Heir of all things and through whom also he had made the universe. This is what he finds in Jesus. The radiance of God's glory and exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful, powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to others. So let me give you context of, of what the author is saying right here. The author is beginning to address like perfect beings in Hebrews chapter one. And he begins to talk about angels and what angels are. But then the author is going on to say, no, 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 but you have to understand this Jesus. The perfection of this Jesus, like, like this, this one who is the heir to all things, the one who is the radiance of the glory of God, the one who is the exact representation of his being. In other words, when, when one is going, what is God like? What does he look like? What does he act like? The answer is summed up and fulfilled in the person of Jesus. What does perfection look like? What does holiness look like? What does goodness look like? It can be summed up in the person of Jesus. And he concludes in verse four, so he became as much superior to the angels. In other words, he is above these perfect beings. These perfect beings worship him. These perfect beings submit to him. They bow on their knees before him. They praise him. The one who is the heir of all things, the radiance of the glory of God, the exact representation of his being. This is what Paul found in the person of Jesus. Go over to Colossians chapter one, starting in verse 15. Paul opens up this letter and he says, he, this Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God. 
the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent, top, supreme, best. What did, what did Paul find in this man, Jesus? He found the image of the invisible God. He found the firstborn of all creation. He found the one in whom all things are held together. He found the one in whom has authority, dominion, and power over all things visible and invisible. This is what he finds in Jesus, something precious, precious value. And this isn't the first time we hear in scripture about this idea of finding something of great value and giving everything up for that thing. In fact, this is an echo of the words of Jesus back in Matthew chapter 13. He gives two small parables back to back. In Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 44, we can go back to that now, Jackson. The first parable he gives is that of a treasure hidden in a field. And he says, the kingdom of heaven is, is like this treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all that he had and he bought that field. So he gives this parable where he's saying, this man finds this treasure. This man finds something of great value in this field and, and knowing that, that this would make his life better than all that the man had in his joy. He goes and he reburies it. He sells everything and he comes back and he buys the field because he found something that's better than all that he had. You skip to the very next verse. He gives a parable of a pearl of great price. Next verse. Our next slide, he says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away, sold everything he had, and he bought it. This is the question that's being put before us here with Paul in this text. Is Paul finds something that is worth more than everything that Paul has, including his life including his life. And that something is Jesus. And here's the thing. For many of us who encounter Jesus, who give our lives to Jesus, who know who Jesus is, like this isn't the hard part of the gospel. It's not a hard thing to see Jesus as, as something precious. It's not a hard thing to see, see Jesus as something of great value. I mean, this is the lamb that was slain. This is the bread of life. This is living water. I mean, he is good news. Like this is the part of the gospel that everybody loves to hear. This is the part of the gospel that everybody wants. Yeah, this God who loves me, who, who laid his life down for me, who, who in whom I have eternal life, who, who in whom is the way, the truth, and the life. Like, yeah, I have no problem with that, but here's the thing with something that's precious is it's costly. And this is where we lose most people in the faith. Nobody has a problem saying that Jesus is precious. Everybody has a problem giving everything up for that precious. In the words of Gollum, right? Like, 
Like we have no problem saying, yeah, like, like, like Jesus, he's my savior. He's good. He is something that I love. But to give everything up, to make him of more value than my status, than my reputation, to make him of more value than the most precious things that I have in my life, I'm not interested in that. And we have to realize like where Paul's coming, he, he, he said, no, no, no. I count everything, like everything as a loss in comparison to knowing Christ. Can we go to the next slide, Jackson? Reiterating that verse. Nope, sorry, two more over. We went through both of these already. It says, for his sake, I have suffered the loss of what? Say it out loud, come on. All things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. I mean, something, I mean, like, like, like we have to count the cost. Like, like Gollum doesn't count the cost, right? He's just f- so happy that he finally has the ring that literally as he's falling to his death, he doesn't realize the cost, right? We don't recognize the cost. There's a story in the gospels, John chapter 12, of Mary coming into Jesus and Jesus is sitting there and she takes this very costly oil, pure nard, a year's worth of wages. She opens it up and she pours it on his feet. And with her hair, she begins to wipe and anoint Jesus with this oil. It's something costly. Like this, this, this Jesus, he's costly. Like, can you imagine with me, like, I want, I want to remind you, who's writing this? Paul, in a Roman prison. If you don't know the story of Paul, if you, if you back up just a couple verses in Philippians, he begins to talk about his reputation. And he begins to say how he is and was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He's a Hebrew of Hebrews, of the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised on the eighth day. Like, he had everything going for him. Everything going for him. Like, life was good. Now, can you imagine? Do me a favor and just picture this. Paul's writing this letter in a Roman prison. Can you imagine if one of his friends from his old Pharisee days just showed up? in this prison and he looks at Paul and he he sees Paul's life knowing who Paul was before he started following Jesus, knowing what Paul had going for him. And like, like, like think of this moment, Paul sitting in prison and his friend comes in and he looks at Paul and just goes, what have you done? Paul, what have you done? Like, like you, you gave up everything. You gave up money. You gave up your reputation. You gave up security. You gave up having a family. You gave up having financial security for the rest of your days. You gave it up. 
you gave it up just, just, so, just for re- responding to the message of this Jesus of Nazareth. Like, like Jesus told you to give it up and follow him. Like you gave all of that up. Like Paul, what are you thinking? He goes, do you, what do you have to show? What do you have to show for that trade? And you have this guy looking at, looking at Paul going like, like you are broke. You are in poverty. You are broken bone, bruised body in a prison on the verge of death. Like you don't know, like you you could very well be executed tomorrow. And I can imagine the words coming from a friend, just looking at Paul in this moment and going, is that worth it? Is that worth it? Is giving up your reputation, giving up your future, giving up your strength, giving up all the things that you worked in your life to attain, giving up your reputation, giving up your your status, giving up your influence for a broken body, a cold prison, and for what? For what? You might have a couple believers around the region declaring the name of Jesus who will likely just give it up the second you die. Why would you do that? What would you gain? What could you possibly hope to gain? And I read this text and I see Paul sitting down, listening and just saying, what I gain is Jesus. What I gain is forgiveness of sins. What I gain is relationship, unhindered relationship with the God of the universe for all of eternity. What I gain What I gain is getting to share and taste the glory of God that is found in Jesus Christ. What I gain is that the God of the universe now gets to look on me with delight and pleasure because he now sees the finished work of his son on my life. What I gain is the God of the universe saying, this is my son whom I love and with whom I am well pleased. What I gain is the bread of life. What I gain is satisfaction for my soul day in and day out. What I gain is joy that is not contingent on circumstances. What I gain is something far more than anything this world could offer. live as Christ. Can you you see Paul's response almost being flabbergasted in response to his friend? He's like, don't you see? It's, It's not even close. It's not even close. All the money in the world, all the health in the world, all the reputation in the world, all the comfort in the world, it's not even close. It doesn't even scratch the surface of what I have found. It doesn't even, it doesn't even come up against the door of what I have found. I found something so much better.
But can I tell you good news? The good news of the gospel is, brothers and sisters, that we don't have to go looking for this treasure. This treasure comes and finds us. This was the case for Paul, wasn't it? If you don't know his story, Paul is persecuting the church. He's murdering the church. He's, he's ravaging the church and, and, and he's on his way to Damascus to continue this mission, to stifle the message of Jesus Christ. He's got no intention, no desire in encountering some relationship with God. And on the road to Damascus, this God encounters him. He finds Paul, whose name is Saul at the time. And he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting me? Don't you know <laughs> that everything that you long for is found in me? Can you stand with me, brothers and sisters? I want you, if you can, to close your eyes. you to ask yourself, not in a condemning way and not in a critical way, I want you to ask yourself, do you see Jesus this way? Is he more precious to you than silver? Does he carry more value than gold? Is he worth more than your health? Is he worth more than your comfort? Is he just simply worth more? Because this is, this is, the, this is the walk of faith. Like this is, at the end of the day, what all of Christianity boils down to for us is he precious? Is he the most precious thing in our lives? And if the answer to that for you tonight is no, I don't want you to condemn yourself. I want to invite you into faith. I don't want you to pray that God would make it so because you can't. You can't force yourself to see him as better. He has to reveal himself as better. And I'm convinced of this at the bare minimum that that's exactly what God wants to do with every single person in this room tonight. Is show himself as better. Is show himself as worthy of everything in your life. The invitation to join the angels, these, these angelic heavenly beings in falling to our knees and saying, worthy is the lamb that was slain. He's worthy of all of it. He's worthy of my life. He's worthy of my reputation. He's worthy of whatever strength I have. He's worthy of whatever energy I have. He's worthy because he's precious.
So this is what I want to do. We hop back in and worship. I just want to pray for you. I want to pray for me. That by the power of God's Holy Spirit, he would help us to see him as the best that there is. That if you're lost this evening, you would be found. And realize that you are being found by the God of the universe who loves you and gave himself for you. So Heavenly Father, I lift up my friends, I lift up myself. And just say, God, we need you. Would you help us? Help us to to receive these words as our own, that we would be able to say that whatever we gain, whatever we had, we count it as loss for the sake of knowing you. We count it as loss. We want to know you. We want to know you. We want to realize that we can reach for you because we are held by you. We can reach for you because we are held by you. So Father, I pray that you would begin to unveil our eyes, begin to to show our minds, begin to show our hearts just what a valuable God you are. How nothing else comes close. Nothing else compares. Father, show us. We need you to show us that Jesus is precious. You're precious. Come on, brothers and sisters, let's worship. Thanks again for listening to this message from New Life Student Ministries. If you want to keep up with what's happening with us, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at NL Student Ministries.